Okay, well, welcome to At The Station, a podcast on business growth and hosted by us at the Arkansas Business Engine. I'm Whitney Hickerson. I'm here with my cohorts, Ty King and Felicia Hood. And we have a special guest with us today, Jessica Heffley. She helps entrepreneurs make more money, unlocking resistance around worth and wealth. And she didn't like growing up in a lower middle class life and being an introvert from a small town, which I can relate to. <laughs> she didn't let that hold her back. And in just 11 months, reached the highest rank in her network marketing company and has been su- featured in Success From Home Magazine and remained a top earning millionaire for over four years with Plexus World Pride. That is very impressive. Yeah. She has a podcast called You're Worth It, and it launched at number one in the self-improvement category. And she's gone on to use the, her skills as a certified speaker, trainer, and coach on the John Maxwell team, as well as training in spiritual direction and the Enneagram to differentiate herself in the market as a success mindset coach. That is a very impressive resume. We are excited to have you here. Thank you. I am honored to be a part of this project with you guys and excited to share some of my story. Absolutely. I really was excited when Felicia told me that she had talked to you and you had agreed to come on here because mindset and kind of working on the inner self and the self-value and money mindset has been a big thing that I've learned a lot. You know, I launched my own business before we started the business engine. I launched my own business a little less than two years ago and hadn't ever even thought about how any of my own inner thoughts and self-confidence might affect my business. It just never occurred to me. And I've learned a lot over the past two years. And a lot of what I've been working on, especially in the past year, is, you know, developing that mindset. I've worked with some other women in some mastermind groups to really develop myself and try to grow. And I hope that has really helped me a lot. It seems to have been, um, you know, we were just talking, even starting this new business when we started the engine, there was a lot of um, there's still imposter syndrome. It's like, are we really qualified to be doing this? I mean, I think every business owner does that. And in your heart of hearts, you know that you have the experience and the knowledge, but you sit down there and you just it just hits you. So I really was excited to have you here. Um, and so can you talk to us a little bit about your journey and understanding how this became such a, because that's what your podcast is focused on. Uh-huh. Yes. So how did, tell me about your journey to understanding the value of self-worth and confidence and how that affects your will yeah as well well as starting out as an entrepreneur like i i am an extreme introvert and so (laughs) everything that i've done within my business has been a stretch for me has been i teach i really teach people to do something scary every single day and i live by that and i teach people that because we will not we'll stay where we are in the same place that we are today if we aren't doing something scary but but a big piece of of that is awareness and i think as leaders uh, one of the big most important traits in leadership is self-awareness and so for you to because things are going to come along you're going to get the doubts of i'm not good enough i don't know if i can do this you know you're gonna have you're gonna have conflicts to work through mindsets to 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 overcome but most people will just avoid those things because they're uncomfortable that's what differentiates, I think, real leaders is that a real leader will become aware that, okay, this is uncomfortable. This is a little scary, but they will make the choice to do that thing. Yeah. And that makes all the difference. One of the 
like biggest because what you what you the story that you just told is something everybody goes through and so i'm really proud of you for joining a mastermind and being part of a community um there we're huge therapy fans me and my husband have been through a lot of therapy and life coaching because we see the value and importance of somebody else um helping us become aware of our blind spots (laughs) that's why they're called blind spots like you are not aware of those things that are happening for you and so to have somebody else speak into your life help you become aware of those um those were huge 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 game changers for me but as far as self-worth self-worth tied to your wealth i see this a lot in the people that i coach is that they have um low self-esteem they have a lot of doubt um, they have low confidence and we attract who, who we are. And so the more that we work on ourselves, the more that we are more confident in what we do, the more that we will attract people who are wanting the same thing. But a big thing is that people just have to decide. They have to decide what they want. And so, so many business people will say, ah, oh, maybe let's do this. And then they'll try it for a while and it didn't work because they didn't fully decide. Mm-hmm. When you fully decide, you're going to do everything you possibly can to make that possible. But you also have to believe in what you're going to do, which I, because you're, not, you're never going to go for something you don't even believe is possible for you. And so when people join, like, for example, when someone joins our network marketing team, I make them. I invite them and encourage, don't make them do anything. I invite them, encourage them to dream and visualize what their highest possible self is, what their dream life is, because they have to, there's something we've, as adults, we've gotten away from our imagination. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. We're just to your first podcast. I think the very first one was, if you don't think like you tell yourself, I'm never going to be a millionaire. You're never going to be a millionaire. Yes. And she was like, you've got to start thinking about, I am going to be able to do these things. And I was like, oh, this is so cringy. I do not want, I, I, it's hard for me to facilitate that thought process in my mind. Sitting here thinking like, could I make a million dollars? Like, could I actually be that successful to be able to put myself at that level? But then I sit there and I look at people like you and I'm like, well, we're, what's there's no difference between me and her other than she just has the mm-hmm. confidence to go out there and do it. And so I can do the same exact thing. But it's been hard. When I listened to that first podcast, I was like, oh, man, that is a really tough yeah. thing to think about. We're, we as adults have become too logical. In that first podcast episode, I talk about how we live into the story we tell ourselves. And so you think about, for example, you Children. Do you guys have children? Yes. Oh, yes. I've all got little kids. Okay. So you were never, you would never go to your kid and say, you're dumb. You're fat. You're not going to make it. I want you to be in debt for the rest of your life. Um, you don't deserve to have nice things. Um, you would never say that to your kids. And so why do we allow ourselves to say that to ourselves? Yeah. Because we, that, you live into the story you tell yourself. And so if you, just like you said, it starts with the belief. And so, for example, like you said, well, if I don't ever think I'm a millionaire as possible, then of course you're never going to be a millionaire. Like you have to go to that place. One simple exercise for you listeners who are, who are business owners, entrepreneurs, um, is I want you, I'm going to have them do something right now. Yeah. Get out a piece of paper and I want you to write down what is your dream income goal. Like literally, listeners, write it down. Get a piece of paper. What is your? You guys need to do it too. You don't have to show me. This is confidential, but I want you to think about this. I want you to write down with what you do or what your dream is. 
What would be your dream yearly income goal? And I'm okay. a former journalist, so I can't prepare. I'm always like, she always has everything. Then we're like, can we borrow your <laughs> This is a super simple. Most things in life are super simple, but they can be very impactful. So everybody write it down. All you listeners out there. We're doing it. Okay. Now, I want you to look at that number. And I want you to cross it out. And I want you to double it. <laughs> Stretching, I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be good. I'm gonna stretch. Oh man, do it and start looking at that number because there is no we we ceiling ourselves. When I for a simple example is when I first started my network marketing company, I found out who the top earner was, and I found out what she was making a year, and it was like this to me at the time. It was this, this astronomical number, and I thought, oh, if I could just make a half of that, yeah. My biggest, hairiest, scary goal that I could imagine at that time was half of what she made and it wasn't until i started to uncover my scarcity mentality that i had we could talk about that more if we want to but oh i would definitely want to get into that okay. that's okay. one of my biggest yeah. hang-ups okay well i um i uh when i started to when i started to realize um i was like what the heck? Why did I only make my goal half as good as somebody else's? You know, in today's society, we, we're, we're so prone to, you know, whether you're a female, whether you're a Christian, whether you're male, whatever your occupation is, you think there's a ceiling and you think, oh, well, if I'm close to that or if I'm that, that's good enough. But the truth is money is amoral. I mean, money is not good or bad. And I grew up thinking, well, I grew up thinking money was bad because we didn't have any. And it was just easier to judge people who had it yeah. than mm-hmm. to really um, explore what was really going on with me. And so like, like even with wealth, like with money, for example, um, I grew up, you know, my dad is an excellent man, worked really, really hard. He probably made $30,000 a year and supported a family of six. And so I never even dreamed as a child. I never even thought that was possible. All I ever heard from my parents was, we can't afford that. We can't afford that. We can't afford that. And that was ingrained. And I've recently learned that children um, develop their money mindset by the age of seven. Yes, you just um, made a Facebook story yes. on that. And you read it, you know, like instead of telling your kids, we can't afford that, let's come yes. up with like ways that we can Creative create ways. that. Like, how can we save up money to be able to go and have that? Yes. And that's yeah. what entrepreneurs will say. I can't afford that or I can't do that. Instead of saying to yourself, that's important to me. What's a creative way that what's something creative you can do to make this possible? Like, yeah, you said I took my kids to get a bike. a bike or something. It's a yeah, bike. Like, we can something. afford to buy them a bike, but their birthdays are far away and I want to teach them some money lessons. And so I was I was like, OK, well, let's go and look at the bikes in the store so they can see visualize what they want, get a picture for it, see how much it costs, and then they go home and do chores to earn that certain amount. And so I'm just trying to teach them ways that not, I can't afford that, I can't afford that, or you can't have that. But okay, would you like, is that something you'd like? We can, let's figure out a way to make that happen. I love that. Yeah. So, okay, so you wrote the numbers down, you X them off, and you double them. Okay? Because we have to start with visualization. You have to start to let yourself dream because you will never even get close. Like if you double the number, you never even, you would have never even got close unless you start to imagine that it could be possible for you. But 
anyways, as a child, I was saying about my, my father. And so as I became successful in network marketing, I started to feel some feelings of, Ugh, like this was making me feel ugh, uncomfortable. And so that's a big sign. Anything that makes you feel uncomfortable or gives you anxiety, or you're feeling like you're avoiding or yes. resisting, that's a great signal for you to pause and really figure out the underlying meaning there and really figure out what's going on there. So I'm thankful I had a life coach and he asked me some good questions because it came around with kids and money. Mm-hmm. I said, how do I make my kids not like I said, because my parents couldn't afford to buy me a car and I was turned 16. We couldn't afford to pay for my, for my college. You know, I've always worked. So I, so I was asking him, I said, how can I make sure my children aren't spoiled? And he goes, well, what is, why would your children be spoiled? And I said, you know, cause we might be able to have them pay for a vehicle. And he goes, what does that have to do with being spoiled? If people, people are grateful for what they have, they're spoiled. And I realized I had attached this meaning to people who were wealthy were spoiled. So I was feeling uncomfortable because I was making good money, but my underlying meaning had attached to money was if you have money, you must be spoiled. If you have money, you must not have character. Cause I grew up with the belief you got to work hard for your money. You got to hard work develops character. And so honestly, I make money from my iPhone sitting by my pool. <laughs> so, yeah. so my childhood, with my childhood, Jessica, you know, my little child, Jessica was like, Ooh, you must not have character because you're not working hard. You're not sweating and working with your hands. Yeah. And then I, I, I so remember so vividly as a child, um, even my dad coming home and saying he worked in a factory he had safety goggles, steel-toed boots. He would come home and say, the company men came to visit today. I can't believe how much money they make. They should make less and give us more. And so my meaning I had attached to money is if I made good money, I must be taking it away from somebody else. Mm. And so it was this scarcity cap mentality of there's only this much amount. So if I'm making a lot, I must be taking some money away from the poor, which so is not true. There is an infinite amount and um so anyway so when we helped uncover that which is super super important like you have to first of all recognize the lies that you've been believing and so again whenever you're feeling uncomfortable or feeling anxious or shameful or whatever you have to figure out the lies you believe so i was believing i didn't have character i was spoiled and i was taking money away from somebody else which is not true and so you have to recognize those things to be able to change that and so the first step would be to recognize those and then you have to replace the lie with truth and the mm. truth is and so he, he made me make a list and he said list 25 reasons why money is fun and awesome and good and the good that you can do with it because i had to give my brain yeah. proof that i wasn't spoiled i didn't have character and so when you're rewiring your brain you have to give it proof because it has to have proof for what it believes and so i made a list of 25 i encourage you listeners to do this if you're struggling with this as well and then i also had to he made me think of five people who were wealthy and write down five good characteristics about them and good things they were doing for this world. Because again, I had to rewire my meaning that I'd attached to wealthy people. So I had to recognize, replace, and then keep repeating that truth. Keep rereading that list. Keep going back to that. So that was hugely eye-opening for me to break through that even though I was making a lot of, you know, I was making close to seven figures at that time. For some reason, I thought, well, since I'm making more money than my friends or more money than most of people that I know, that must be enough. Instead of understanding 
the more money that you have, the greater impact that you can make. Yeah. The more options, the more fun, and the greater impact. And so we should never cap ourselves for some meanings we have from our childhood. Yeah. yeah. I think that's big. I think a lot of us who grew up, you know, feeling the, the, the pinch of not having enough can really relate to that. Oh. So I know I can. And I still have, even beyond that, just that money mindset of, I'll never have enough money. That's the one that I've really had to battle against. And like, there's just something about me that I just can't hit that. I just can't break through that barrier. And that's been one that I've struggled with. And that's been one that I've been working on because once I really realized that I had that belief, because you don't really consciously think about that a lot until you really start thinking. Awareness. And I really didn't realize that all like, oh, I'm still holding on to all this from growing up and growing up feeling like there was never enough and growing up feeling like angsty, like angstily writing in my journal, like so-and-so's parents are fine and mine worked really hard. Why don't we have enough money? Life isn't fair. <laughs> and, and, and then you like realize you come back, you know, 15 years later, I'm thinking about that. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm still like, holding on to it. I'm still holding yes. on to that. And the truth was, when I was 16 and my friends were getting cars and we called them spoiled, the truth was, I wished that was me. And so it was just easier to be like, well, those people are spoiled instead of really recognizing that it was some jealousy and some judgment. And so having that awareness. When you were even saying that, it made me think, you kept saying, what were you saying? I don't have enough. Like I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm not. I'm whether I'm not worthy. Or I'll just yeah. never get there. Like I, I just can't do it. Almost uh-huh. was a mindset that I had for a long time. Yeah, and if you fight for those limitations, you get to keep them. Which is so. Okay. Like if you're like, I know I'll never have enough. If you keep replaying oh, that story, to hear that's that. true. I feel the same way about that. I sit here and think like there are people who are my age who are doing really well. You know, there are some people that we're going to have on the podcast who are around the same ages. You know, in their early thirties. Yeah. And so you're thinking like, they're like, how did you get here? Like, what happened? Did your family help you? And that's horrible to think that like they couldn't get there on their own. Like someone had to facilitate that for you, right? Oh, see, and this so, is good. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm sitting here thinking like, who helped you at the very beginning to like put you here? And so, but then I'm sitting here telling myself like, well, I'll never be that. Like I couldn't get to that. Like it's the hardest thing for me for has been for marketing because I don't do marketing. So I do finances. And so when we do marketing, She's like, well, we're going to call all these people today. And I'm like, so you're going to call all these people today? Because no is so hard to hear. It's just a word. Like, yeah. It's just it's just no. Yeah. And it's a part of everyday life for anybody. But to hear someone say no to you yes. and to not take it personal, like it's like a, an attack. Like mm-hmm. something's wrong with you. Yes. I don't want you to do my stuff because there must be an issue with you. And that's how I've internalized it. Mm-hmm. And so it's been so hard to like sit here and think, well, maybe I just didn't do well enough on my presentation to them. Like if it isn't anything personal, they don't need the services that I provide for them. Like there's going to be a yes somewhere. It's okay to have this. No, like it's nothing, you know, nothing towards you. Because when I first started my business last year, I got a lot of no's because mm-hmm. they were like, no, we don't need that. You know, we have someone else who does that for us. And so I was like, is this ever going to happen? Like, is there something wrong with me? Not maybe the way that I was presenting the information that I was giving them or anything like that. It was 100% like, they must not like who I am and who Mm. who they see as me. And I thought, man, there's something wrong with me. Mm. And so it's taken a lot of like, I go to therapy too and I go sometimes twice a week. And so it's been really good for me. counseling cool. It's really cool. And I hate that people (laughs) think that it's not because, I mean, nobody likes to talk about things like that. You know, it's easier to keep it closed. But it's hard to grow, but it's been... I've in the last year to look back on who I am has been 
you know, like a huge eye opener. Like, wow, you have really come far. I still have a long ways to go, but I mean, imagine if I was still where I was at. Every day is going to keep on happening. Those twenty. I mean, next month is going to come regardless if you do something or not. So I can either stay where I am today, mm-hmm. or I can use that month and actually grow and do something. And so, since August of last year, I'm really focused. Like. Next summer, I'm going to do this, or next summer, I'm going to do that, or I'm going to be fit, you know, before the next summer comes around. And then it never happened. For something like in August, something just went off, you know, in my brain, and I thought, this is really my time. Not my year, not the beginning of the year, like right now, in the middle of the year, August 2019, this is my year. And so it's been kind of just a like a light switch came on. And there's been times where I've, like, you know, fallen backwards and stuff, but I've really told myself, like, you are worthy of these things. You are deserving of all these things. You can do all the things that you want to do. You may have to work harder than some people who it may come easier for, but you can still be all the things that you want to be, both personally and in your business. So that's been a very, very hard thing so to work on. And what if, this is so much awareness, what if even you started to ask yourself empowering questions? Like an example when you were saying, people don't know what I have to offer. What if you tweaked that and said, why are so many people attracted to what I have to offer? Why are so, why do so many people love my services? Like switching that because your brain wants to answer questions. Just like Google, it will find the answer. So, and and like, just on a personal note, you know, you can be like, why am I such a horrible wife? Or you can say, why am I such an, why am I such an exceptional wife? And I can't remember the title of it, but you've probably read it because you're saying exactly the that. The secret of success is where I learned the power questions. Um, there's my mother's best friend is a therapist and she, I watched a presentation she did on that exact thing. And it was basically the science behind that. It's like your brain automatically tries to answer. When you ask yourself a question, your brain is already automatically trying to think of the answer. So if you ask yourself, like, why am I so bad at life? Why am I so bad at making sales calls? And you're going to come up with all the answers. And then, but if you said, why do people want what I have to offer? Then your brain is going to start thinking of those answers. And so when you ask those empowering questions, not then don't say, why can't I be different why can i not be poor and i think of the positive like why am i on a path to wealth why am i you know becoming so successful at my business ask yes. those empowering questions just like jessica said that's something yes. i definitely don't do and i'm probably and nobody is perfect in that but now that i'm aware of that i will keep checking myself like if i will notice i'm being negative or I'm being doubtful i'll stop and say you know, what lie am I believing here? Let's first of all recognize the lie and then let's ask these empowering questions or let's change the meaning we've attached to that. And even what you said, one of the, I just was reminded of this this week. It's one of the most simplest things when it comes to sales. And you've probably, we've probably all heard this before. Look at sales as an analogy of a waitress at a coffee shop. Okay, she's got, a, she's got a pot of coffee. She's going around each table. Hey, would you like a refill? Yeah, okay, great. She gives them some coffee. Hey, would you like a refill? Or if you say no, she's not like, oh my gosh, I've chosen the wrong career. Everybody hates me. I knew I made the wrong decision. No, she's just like, she's okay, cool. Would you like some coffee? You know, you just keep going on. And that's when we can separate and not attach our self-worth to what we have to offer and know that some people are going to say no. But if you believe in what you have, this goes back to belief. Like you have to believe. If you believe in what you have to offer, um, then 
go on to the next person because people do have, and even in, in, so in my profession, we do everything on social media. And so I teach people, there's always going to be a couple of people who don't like what you do or are misinformed or miseducated about what you do. And they have, a, you know, this weird opinion. And, and so when I teach people to post, I call her Tina. Let's call her Tina right now. And so I'm about to post, and they're and they're like, "Oh, what's Tina going to think about oh, this post?" Oh, I think that same way. What's what Tina? Let's let's edit this to try to make Tina happy. And so you try to edit your marketing style or or edit your business to try to make these two haters happy who are never going to like what you do. Instead of understanding. Let's be bold here because yeah. I've got a thousand other Facebook friends who need what I have, well, everybody needs what I have to offer, but who want what I have to offer or who like what I post. And so just even those awarenesses of stop trying to make Tina happy and really keep on your focus of who, of what your mission is when and how I, you can help. Absolutely. When I, you know, as a copywriter, I totally relate to that too, because as like a person with who's deeply introverted and has anxiety, I relate oh. to this the whole like, oh, what's Tina going to say? But as a copywriter, you know, I always tell my clients, write with your ideal client in mind. Yes. If you're I writing a post, don't, don't write to the haters. Yes. Write to the people who are either a raving fan or who are really, you know, interested in a solution that you have to offer. Like picture, like, and you can name your ideal client. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to name her Sally. Look, and Sally, we're going to picture Sally and all what she loves, what she hates, who, how many kids she has, how old she is, where she lives, how much money she makes. Yeah. Put all that together as your ideal client and then write to her. Yeah. Like, and that's that's easier, you know. Felicia always talks about getting frozen up uh, on trying to write. I do, and I'm not bad at writing. I'm good at writing, but I am so... That's a huge thing that I work on in therapy is I am super self-critical. I mean, I put expectations for myself that, I mean... I'm just, am I ever going to meet those expectations? You know, I have no idea. I have to figure that out. So I just looked it up the other day, but I have no idea what my number is, but I am very critical of myself. Minus whichever one is the perfectionist. I think it's one and I'm a one. Yeah. And so I'm very self-critical. I I had him whenever we first started this, I um, had a company called Blanchard Bookkeeping. And so um, we dissolved that and folded our businesses into Arkansas Business Engine. And before I was telling him, I was up for four hours last night working on this post. <laughs> and it's not even super long. But I'm in there and I'm just like typing away and it's like two hours later and I'm like, it looks like a 15 year old wrote this. Like it looks like I did this in high school for like a class project and I had no idea what I was doing. And so then I go back and I delete it all. And then an hour and a half later, I like come up with something and I'm like, fine, I'm just throwing it out there. You know, like I get some good ones. Like I've had some good ones that I thought were like, okay, this is good. This yeah. is a good one. Yeah. But I have more that were just never completed. I was like, just screw this, I'm not doing it. And then I'd just be done with it. I'm like, I'm just not going to do it. Because I would think, well, someone's going to read this. And if I have a punctuation error in here, or I have a comments plus or something, or what if I did not use the correct word? Well, what if this doesn't get the number of views that I'm hoping that it would get, or it doesn't get the number of shares that I thought that it was going to get, you know, like that must be because they don't like me or there's something wrong with me. So then I just wouldn't even post it. And so that was a big thing. I'm grateful that we have a marketing team because I actually get to do that. But I do it like, well, I don't have to worry about those feelings anymore because they're the ones who have to do that. So, but it's probably something that I still need. I still have to go talk to people, you know, about this. Like, you need the only ones who are going and telling people in the community about Arkansas Business Engine. You know, like, there, I still have to go and, you know, tell people and talk to people. 
But I guess, I don't know. It's just putting it out there and knowing, like, it's so weird that we attach some sort of significance to a number on a screen. Mm-hmm. But, like, not seeing, not seeing, like, those likes or those little hearts or, you know, shares or views. And you've only got one view or you've only got one like. And you worked four hours on that. And you... Like, that's it. That's all I got. It was just one. And so... I think what's even worse is, like, if you have a really good month and, like, you've got a lot of interactions, a lot of engagements and likes, and then the next month, because you posted something really significant that month, the next month, like, your content could be the same quality, but it just... The conditions didn't hit right, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, it shows that you're down. Facebook is showing every day. Engagement down. It's like a red light. Oh. What did I do wrong? What am I doing? We get in our heads so much as business owners. We get in our heads about everything, I think. It's easy to do. It's easy to overanalyze every post. It's easy to overanalyze your stats. And where did I go wrong? What did I do? What could I have done better? How come I didn't, you know, create a great viral post this month? Yeah. Um, It's easy to get in our heads. It's it's hard to get out. And I think that doing, you know, some of this mindset stuff, learning to, you know, Love ourselves more and being a little easier on ourselves as perfectionists and grace. Yes, things. So, and you got to put yourself out there. That's why the self worth can be linked to your net worth. And so, because if you're so paralyzed and worried about what people are going to think about you, or if this is not good enough, like progress over perfection. I'm a huge Brene Brown fan and all of her work. I love teachers about shame and stuff. But I love what you guys do here at Arkansas Business Engine because another thing that I really teach is having systems of support. Mm -hmm. Like for someone that who thinks, oh no, I'm going to do it all for my business. You're going to burn out. Yes. You're going to burn out. And I am all about work-life balance because you can be a very successful entrepreneur and a very good spouse and parent. And so you don't have to choose either or. A a mindset I used to believe that was false was I could only be good at one or the other. And so if I focus on my family, my business would go down. If I really focused on my business and it was going well, then my family was getting the shaft. And it was because of a limiting belief I had that I couldn't be both. And people project that. I mean, I've seen posts by, you know, people who I admire who say, if you're not willing to put 18 hours a day and you're only going to be mediocre. And, you know, you hit that. I hit that and I see, oh my gosh, like, I will. I was like, I can't do that. You know, I've got little, I've got little kids. I've got a husband. I've got, you know, other and I'm not afraid to work hard yeah. I'm not and I'm not afraid to work late nights and to do what I need to do but day in day out I can't and I don't want that mm-hmm. you know and if, if that works for someone I think that's what we've got to to realize is that if this works for someone and that's the lifestyle that they love and that fulfills them then that is great but if, for me I know that that lifestyle won't fulfill me and so I have to realize that everyone else's path is not my path and I can find success on my own path. And I know plenty who have done it, who have find, found that balance and had a way to be successful, mm-hmm. not being a friend and a spouse and a parent and be a successful business owner. Yeah. And that was a thing for me too, because I get, I hear all these people saying, well, you got to just hustle, hustle, hustle 24 hours a day. And I'm like, I can't hustle 24 hours a day. I, I, I got to sleep. I got my kid, if I, you know, he's going to be wanting my attention, she needs my love and affection, you know, my spouse is going to start wondering when, like, where, who, who I am, like, who are you, like, you have to come home, like, come spend time with me, so I think that it's important to find out what works for you, and if you, if you thrive on that hustle 24-7, go for it, yeah, but for me, I've got too many other things that fulfill me. 
as well. Well, I think ultimately entrepreneurs want to make more money by doing less. Yeah. And it's a lie when we, we believe, oh, you're going to, yes, you're, you're going to work so hard. Yeah, you're going to have to work hard for a season. But ultimately, and this is another scarcity mentality I went through because I thought I was having to do everything. But we are made with different gifts and callings. Yes. And when we operate in our highest level of contribution, the thing that we are the best at, which is all different in this room, mm-hmm. then if we can really, really focus and do that well and, ha- and hire out the other things, like you guys helped entrepreneurs with these other things that they be time consuming so, so they, they can focus on their zone of genius yes so they can do their zone of genius and um, just one, one more thing I wanted to add when you were talking about family work and life balances another thing I love to teach is just setting intentions mm-hmm. like you can do everything that you want to do but you have to just have a little bit of planning and so I just teach people the night before what it, when you're thinking about your next day, what are the things that you can do to make you feel good about your day? Like, if you go to bed and you're like, oh, I was an awful parent today. Like, oh, let's stop the shame. Let's say tomorrow, I'm going to read books with my kids and I'm going to play a game. And you set that intention. It doesn't take five hours to do that with your kids. But you know, if you do those things, you're going to feel good about yourself and feel good about being a mom. Do the same thing in your marriage and the same thing in your business. Set those small intentions to set you up to succeed. So you want. So. I love that. Me too. Yeah. And it's simple. I mean, that's simple. simple. I think we overthink things and think that we're going to have to do this all the time. I think that's a podcast in and of itself. So overthinking. I will create things and I'm like, I don't even think that's real. I don't think that, that exists. But in my head, I did not have just narrowed down the rabbit hole. And I don't know if that's for everybody or if it's just me. But I mean, I will just start thinking things. So I think that that is, I've had many, I feel like I'm with Whitney. I'll walk down the hallway into hers and I'll have these, like, five just had a day. It's usually first in the day. And I just lay my head on her door frame. And I'm like, <laughs> it has been a day and I was like I need to learn how to balance like work and family life like what's going on here and I mean there are times where I just I think being more intentional like this is what I'm going to do today because yeah. I have a schedule that I say in my head like I'm going to follow this but I think maybe if I like write it down and say write it down. I'm going to get these things done today because uh, we've talked about that like we're going to cold call all these we're going to call these people and we're going to really put ourselves out there this month and then we're like, well, other things came up, but it's probably because it's uncomfortable. We don't want to do that. You know, we don't want people to say no to us or are we going to stutter and like mess things up while we're trying to, to do it. And so we're just like, well, we're just going to do it. Is there something else that we can do? <laughs> and we're going to scare us first every time we say today is the day we're going to, we're going to let all these people know in this town that we exist, that we are here and we know that we're beneficial for them. And then we're like, did you call anybody? Um, no, I just, I had some other things to do. <laughs> Every single time. So it reminds me, I had a, I had a gal, she, she finally got childcare. She's like, I got childcare for four hours. And she was so excited she'd go work her business. And then she messaged me afterwards. And she was like, Jessica, I had four and uninterrupted hours. And I got so much work done. But she said, but you know what? I ran out of time before I re- could reach out to new people to tell them about this opportunity and I just laughed inside because I was like you did four hours but really did you do anything within those four hours that are really going to move the needle in your business and so I teach my team to when you do your to-do list do the thing that you're resisting the most first 
and then everything else will feel lighter and more enjoyable and that's just the awareness and leadership like this is not i really don't want to do this this makes me uncomfortable this is unfamiliar but again becoming recognizing that and refusing to do that so you can do it <laughs> I think it's a beautiful thing that when you hear like people who have a podcast or who are successful, who are um, speakers and that sort of thing, motivational speakers, you hear them. That's a, a thing that everybody says. You've got to get out of your comfort zone. But it is scary. Like people like the familiar, no matter how bad it is. It doesn't matter if you're in just a horrible spot. It's familiar, and you know, every day, well, it's going to be the same. Every day, I don't have to worry about it. And it's difficult to say, even if this could be better, even if this unfamiliar is better for me, I'd rather stay in this bad familiar than I would the unknown. And that's just so crazy that people would, that our minds just naturally think that way. But it's definitely been something that I've had to just kind of re, refocus myself on saying, like, I don't like this, and this is familiar, and I'm wanting to stay here because it's comfortable, because I know what to expect every day. But what if I could be here? And it could be all the things that I thought it was going to be. You know, but I'm never going to get there. I just keep staying in this comfortable, you know, familiarity. It's a chemical thing that happens in your brain. It's your brain is it's trying to protect yourself because rejection it can be painful. So it's like this if of self-preserving, self-preserving. and but self-preserving is self-preserving, staying the same, staying exactly where you are at. And so that's where the, rec- the self-awareness and recognizing when those feelings are coming up. And then making the choice to do it because you um, you know where you're headed, you know what you want, you know what you're ultimate. You double you your dream double it yes. in order to get there. Really, I thought when I put my number down, I thought, well, that's a really high number because I really got half of that. And then you said mark it out and double, and I thought, okay, start looking at it. I was like, oh no, put that number somewhere. Start literally seeing it with your eyes every day. When I first started, I printed out in our company, you get Alexis and a trip to Hawaii at a certain rank. And so I printed those out when I first started and put one on my fridge. And I put a little picture of Alexis on my Toyota 4Runner console. So I would see it every single day because my friend, my closest friend, still thought I was crazy at the time. And so I had to be so protective of my belief. I had to be so intentional. I had to feed that belief. And it had to do with visualizing. You have to spend some time with your... Imagining your toes in the sand, imagining the ocean and the breeze, like imagining myself there because you live into the story you tell yourself. If I would, if most people would be like, oh, well, that's good for them. I could never do that. And you're right. If you believe you could never do that, then you're not going to do the things that are unfamiliar or uncomfortable, or you're not going to go after things or try new things because you already don't believe it's possible for you in the first place. Yeah. Protect that belief. Yeah, visualize it. So you do a lot with the Enneagram, which is something I've kind of yeah. just yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was just like the listeners what that is because that's not even something I'm super familiar with either. I am okay. It's been so helpful. Most people are like, oh yeah, another personality test. It, it is not just another personality test. It really reveals there's nine numbers, but it really reveals what your core motivations are and why you are why you do certain things in life. And maybe a childhood wound or a childhood message that you heard growing up. Like, for example, I'm a one. And so, until the Enneagram, a one, okay, for, so a one is like, everything's right and wrong, black and white. Uh, my whole life, I have viewed life that way. And I was just like, 
Why does everybody get this? This is the right way to do it. Y'all are wrong. Why can't you see the right way? Like, it was super unhealthy. Um, but that's how I always do life in 10. So I didn't have my marriage either. And my husband is a seven. And sevens are like, fun and don't want to have any pain and are always optimistic and the glass is that full and I'm a realist and so even having that awareness about each other helped us so much and helped us have empathy for how that person views the world or how they take in the world or what are I could go on and on. We're going to have to do another episode on that. But um, it's helped me tremendously in the workplace as well. When I know what my leaders are and the people that I work with, I know what motivates them. I know what, how, I just, I'm less judgmental. I, I understand where they're coming from and how they view the world. But I, I want to preface it with this. I do not think a personality test should be used as a box. And do not ever think, well, I'm this number, so I can't do that. I think. And and I, I learned through your Enneagram coach, I love how she puts it, because even within each number, it tells you how you operate when you're really healthy and when you're really integrated and how you can, can operate when you are really under stress. And um, from a Christian perspective, I love that. It could be like how you're really operating when you are living as a belo- the beloved like you know that you're loved, you know your self-worth, or how you're operating as an orphan spirit, like not understanding your love or that you're belonging. And so, anyways, I love it. There, there's, we could, there's just so much to talk about. <laughs> but it, it, it brings about awareness, another tool of awareness that can help you understand yourself and understand others. So can't go wrong with that. Yeah, that's great. Well, is there anything else? I'm, you know, I know we've got to kind of wrap things up and let you get back to your life and let our listeners go. But is there anything else that you really wanted to share about, you know, what we've been talking about, like the self-worth and the mindset shifts and, and all that that we haven't touched on yet? Yeah, I just encourage you that if there's anything in your life or your business where you're feeling resistance or fear around, get help. You know, hire, hire help. Or go see a therapist or go see a life coach. Or uh, if you check out justkinfley.com, we have, I have life coaching options that are coming out real soon, even a money mindset course coming out soon. But don't try to do it yourself. Like you've got to have iron sharpened iron. You've got to have people in your life, in your business, and your personal life. But your personal life is attached to your business. And so, like, even when I hired a life coach a couple years ago to work on my business, 80% of what we talked about was my marriage and my home life. Because if you don't have peace in your home, then you're not motivated to work on anything else. Like if your home is stressful or your internal life or your emotions are stressful or anxiety filled, then you do not have any motivation to help anybody else. I mean, it's just like you're just trying to answer yourself. Yeah, if you literally have your fist closed, all you can think about is you. Like, I've got to preserve me. I've got to help my family or even financially. That's how you view money. If you're barely hanging on and don't have anything, your fist is literally like this. But if you have more than enough, it goes around and it helps other people. And so I view the same way with your mental, spiritual, emotional health affects your business. They're connected. And so I just really encourage you guys to get help on all fronts. Awesome. And I'm glad you shared your website link. We'll have all your content on your website and all your social media and all that fun stuff on our show notes so that everybody can find you and find out all the good stuff that you've got. Because this was on me. I remember to put you down because we were bringing you back in at some point to do the Enneagram stuff. Yeah. And so oh, we're glad to that. 
Um, there's lots of data that would benefit from that. Well, thanks for what you guys are doing. Right? Right. So talk is all you guys are doing. Great. Awesome. Well, thank, thank you so much. We appreciate you having, having me here. Bye. Oh, so good. Is there anything nervous? It seemed very natural. <laughs>